Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia. This week we have a new guest. We have Lori Johnson here, who is my office neighbor, and she is at UNI. She is an academic counselor, right? Or what do you what do you call advisor? Coordinator. I was like looking at your email. You're an academic coordinator, an academic advisor, um, an instructor in the Department of Communication and Media. I'm so excited to have Lori on. Uh, She also teaches lots of courses in interpersonal communication. And I think we'll be able to share with us some awesome stuff here and, and has two daughters that have been married in the last couple of years. Oh, I thought you were going to say we're on the bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Their father and their mother would never allow for that. (laughs) So, so Lori, is there anything else that we should know about you? Oh, gosh. Well, um, most important facts is that I've been watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette since 2012. Okay. And I was introduced to the show by my daughter, oldest daughter, who was a college freshman at the time. So she was home from break over the winter break, and she went to Drake um, her first year of college. And Drake always started a week later than Iowa State and UNI, which meant that we then got to start watching The Bachelor together. And I had always poo-pooed this reality show before my daughter introduced it to me because I just thought that was, you know, crap TV I didn't need to watch. I was watching other kinds of crap TV. So I had to prioritize my crap TV. Anyway, so um, we watched it and both had a lot of fun, um, you know, watching it and talking about it. And then she left to go back for the semester and she said, keep watching it, please, so we can talk about it. So then I roped my husband into it. And you should know that my husband is um, he's an attorney, he's a critical thinker, he's super smart, but he also made this much more enjoyable for me because of his snarky commentary as we go. So <laughs> I should have all along been recording some of his snarky commentary because it would have made for a good, um, like biopic or something. I don't know, but so now anyway. does, does he watch it every time or was this just like you forced him to watch it with you this time? Oh no, Bill, he is okay. a committed man. One of nice. his strongest personality traits is loyalty. Okay. <laughs> yep, he's in, he's totally in. All right. But so he's yeah. not like Ryan who like watches it in the corner and then says he doesn't watch it. No, he, okay. well, he probably wouldn't admit it to you if you met him at a social gathering. Okay. Unless I was there to hold him accountable, but yes. He watches it. He has even presented me with a rose a few different oh. times over the course oh. of the years of watching it together. Oh, oh that's a what a his guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So anyway, I also have talked about it in my classes before. I teach interpersonal communication um, about every semester. I've taught the advanced interpersonal course. Um, um, so we talk about, I always preface it with um, that I'm, I'm watching it to apply theories and concepts from what I teach when I talk about it to my students. (laughs) We don't talk about it extensively, but it's funny once students find out that you've watched it, whether they watch it to mock it or they watch it because they're totally invested in it, they want to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Anyway, um, Eric and I have been married for 31 years and we have two awesome daughters and a really great dog. And I love what I do at UNI. I've been here for 21 years. Um, teaching as well as about six years ago, I started advising and now I've 
I've got all of our students in our department under my wing and I couldn't be more excited about it. That's so, exciting. Yeah. So, so you're, you're all, you. you're all registered then. So for people who don't know, registration happened right before uh, fall break. And so it is like a mad rush for two weeks. Oh, it's a mad rush for about eight weeks, actually. Okay. Add in the time before when yep. I was, as Danielle knows, I was meeting with like mm -hmm. 20 students every day for like three weeks. And then now I'm trying to track down everybody that's not registered. So it will continue up until week <laughs> two of the spring semester. That's, that's true. You get a little lull and then you get the day of where it's like, can I get into that class? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, her, her uh, office is always hopping. She does amazing work with our students, guiding them to where they uh, need thanks. to be. So we appreciate thanks. all your work, Lori. Thank you. It's, it's great. I love it. All right. So the question of the week, you're doing an escape room. It's the three of us. So we've already agreed at some point that we're going to an escape room. You get to pick two more people. One person has to be a current contestant on the show. So anyone from this season. And the other one has to be somebody from you and I. Who are you picking? Ooh. Am I supposed to go first? Also, I should point out we are not affiliated with you and I in any way. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like trying to think about who I would want from this season. And I like I feel like I'm cheating, but I think I would want Michelle. Like, I think she's like my favorite. And okay. as I was thinking about that, I was like, I don't know if I think any of the guys are her intellectual match because I think she's pretty sharp. And it's not that I think that any of the guys are necessarily not sharp, but I don't necessarily get the impression that they are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so there's some of them that are pretty smart, right? Because there's a guy that's like an aerospace engineer, but I think she is very smart, but she's also very like witty. And I feel like the guy who was the aerospace engineer wasn't really quick with the wit. Well, and well, wasn't there um, Leroy? He was the grad student in like... Biomedical, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's smart, but he was pretty serious, wasn't he? Yeah. If I remember right. And I think I was thinking about the people that were still on the show. So I, I was thinking that I'd choose Michelle and I would choose. Um, so Darcy, who Darcy um, Gage. DDG. Yeah. Darcy Gage. So and here's the reason why Darcy and I are like a mess together. <laughs> and it would be so fun. She and I would laugh and we'd like probably lose our keys in the room together and um i feel like we have enough intellect but you know like you know like we, you know like yes we're good but like we would be really fun <laughs> that's the main thing with the escape room it's not i mean you want to escape but you want people who are fun you know, mm -hmm. you know? so darcy if you're listening wrong G, my colleague in my in my school so what about you Lori? Well, I would choose, um, I would choose Rodney. So I've been a Rodney fan from day one because he is nice. He is kind, he's sincere, but most, most importantly for the escape room, he is funny. He would make me feel funny. I'm not a funny person. I love people that laugh 
either at you or with you in a, in a fun way that make you feel like you're funny. Even when you know, you're not funny, Rodney (laughs) would like boost my self-esteem. And I think we'd have a great time together, or we would have a great time with him. Um, I would also invite my friend, Jenny Conley, um, who is my uh, colleague in the college of business advising office, because Jenny is also funny, super upbeat, high energy, and I would purely enjoy watching her and Rodney interact. So I don't even (laughs) care if we escape. We can just hang out in the room and be entertained by the two of them. But Jenny's also smart and witty, and she's a fast thinker, so she probably would get us out. I like it. Yeah. I do think, so we have done a lot of escape rooms in our family. Um, and you get, uh, it gets very stressed. My only thing with Jenny is that, and I love Jenny and we're really good friends. She I is know you are. very excitable. <laughs> like, I think it'd be like, Jenny, you just... yes, but I have, I I'm pretty good. I think it's okay. calming people down maybe, or bringing them. Yeah. I, I could, I could work with that. The good news is that at escapology, they let you drink and that yes, really helps. I have yeah. been there as well. And mm-hmm. that would. Well, that could either help or make things worse, yeah. I guess. Confession, I've never done an escape room. Oh, they're oh, fun. You need to do them. They are yeah. fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to go with um, Romeo because he's a mathematician. And I just oh. feel like someone who can do math real quick is probably going to be useful. Um, and then, so Christy Marchesani, who's been on the show yeah. multiple times, she always does the escape rooms with us. So she's one of my best friends. So I didn't pick her even though she's really good at them and her and I work really well together because I feel like it's someone you haven't, you know, it's gotta be like out there. So I said, Megan Voigt Costner. Oh yeah. Megan MV- would be great. M V V K as I like to do to her across the thing in meetings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as she shakes her head. She is very, very good at like math and analytical and she's super smart. And so if you're listening MVK, let's get this, let's get this going. I always call her up and she, she like, she helps me out of my real life escape rooms, which is Qualtrics problems. Yes. So it's like, Megan. I feel like someone needs to tell her that she shouldn't like get stuff done so fast because she's creating more work. Like everyone's figured out that Megan will like fix anything you need. And it's like, you really just need to drag your feet, Megan. So yesterday I was working on something I was like, Danielle, you can, you can do this. You can solve it yourself. You're not going to call Megan this time. And so I think I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Or you didn't. And you created more work for Megan. (laughs) (laughs) I just figured that Rodney and Jenny and I would have you two to rely on for the problem solving abilities. So there we go. I figured I could invite two really fun, happy, laughy people. Not that you two aren't, but we rely on YouTube PhD scholars to get us out of there. I'm horrible in a high stress situation. I get fumbly and yeah. I know she- just like interpretive dancing and like writing poetry <laughs> on the spot. I mean, like, just look at us out. Does the again, clock- <laughs> again, it would be fun and That's entertaining. True. And there's usually always some piece of furniture or two in the escape room. So we yeah. could all just make ourselves comfy and have a good time. I'm terrible like at board games and things like that because I'm like, I'm not very motivated. I'm like, mm. it doesn't matter and like what who wins. Like I like lack like the competitive thing with them. 
And so um, I had a roommate in college, though, that was super intense about things. And she would, you know, we have to do this. It was fantastic. She was really intense about about games. Uh, I don't like board games. All right. <laughs> Here we go. We start the episode with a uh, first. The final four are all people of color, which I thought was really uh Really good. Uh, COVID's still happening, so the hometowns are simulated, sort of. Thoughts on the final four? Just a general thought. What do we? They're I feel all like guys. In some ways, like you know, yeah, I think they're great guys. I feel like there's two very obvious front runners, and agreed. Two guys that are just kind of like biding their time till they get kicked off. So who are who do you yeah. think the front runners are, Lori? Uh, Nate and Joe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, of the four left, I Joe would be my preference. Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing because those were my front runners, but I don't know. I think Brandon might have taken some. I don't know. I feel like he came ahead a little oh. after hometowns. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, well, let's let's talk about Brandon then. Uh, so we start. <laughs> look at that transition. Uh, we start with Brandon's first date. First thing, Tasha and Caitlin said Noah, uh, Brandon's brother, postponed deployment in the Navy to meet Michelle. I don't think that's true. I don't think you can postpone. I I have had friends who have been in the armed services and like have had parents pass away, and they're like, "Sorry, we can't. You got to go." It's like, I highly doubt if he went to his drill instructor, he's like, oh, bachelorette. Yeah, let's do it. Like, great. <laughs> um, I don't remember that, but that just doesn't seem to be legit to me. I don't yeah, remember I would, them saying that, but I would think that, no, no. That, I went back and watched it twice and I was like, that is what they said. And that, that just can't. Yeah. So a few comments about Noah. One, I liked his glasses. Two, um. <laughs> People were like tweeting about how they're like, Noah had more screen time in this episode than Clayton did, who's going to be our next match. <laughs> and then the other really funny comment that I saw is I think it was on Vulture, their recap. They said that he looks like someone photocopied Bruno Mars a bunch of times. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I kind of like feel like that's spot on. Yeah. Now that you say it, I know exactly what they mean. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was leading, he was really leaning into the, the nerdy kind of counterculture of Portland. I felt like, which is where uh, Brandon's from. So they start off the date at a skate park. Uh, Brandon is a skater oh boy, apparently, and sort of. Uh, what did you think about his skating skills and the date? Well, first of all, I thought if 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 he got to suggest that as a date, wouldn't he have wanted to go like warm up or you know practice or <laughs> something? Um, but I do have to say, even though he kept falling, he still owned it. I was like, you know what? Good for you. Cause this is on national TV and you just keep falling. You keep trying to do another move and you keep falling, but he just kept that Brandon smile on his face and super positive. And I mean, how can you not like that? I really like Brandon. Um, he still feels very young to me. Yeah. He, he looks 12. 12. 
Yeah. He's 12. <laughs> yeah, Bill, we agreed on the same age. I was just yeah. Yeah, especially the 12-year-old. Michelle and you know they they it's so interesting to me cuz they feel very different to me and yet like when they are together though, I do feel like they complement each other really weird. There is like a nerdiness about Michelle and him that really connect. Um, his his skateboarding was terrible, um, but they had fun. So whatever. I I did not. So I just don't know if skateboarding is the right date. I felt like there's a lot of Michelle standing around and I just feel like I doing research on dating. And I just don't know if you want to get to know someone or you want to make a bond, any activity where one person watches and the other one like does the activity is good. Um, so it's the same way I feel about movies. It's like when people are like, let's go on a date and go to the movies. It's like, that's not really a date. Like we're just going to not talk. So. I think what I always want to know about always every single episode is what do we not get to see? Right. Right. What yeah. Film that we don't get to see. So was there a lot more to the date of him like really teaching her how to skateboard other than we saw him at the end of the day pulling her along on it right so I'm like really if Michelle truly had to sit there and just watch Brandon try and show off and he was horrible at it what, a, what an awful date but if there was more to her learning actually learning how and she was like game for the date then maybe it was a much better date than what we as audience got to see. I'm going to see if that works in our relationship. I'm going to ask Elaine if she wants to watch me play video games later today. And she'll be like, oh, I'll play. It's like, no, not play. You're going to watch me. And I'm going to explain them to you while I'm really bad at it. Okay. Very romantic. I would like to hear hear (laughs) Elaine's response to that proposition. Because I feel like that's getting shot down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, so she you meets- always, can I ask a quick question? Do you guys ever wonder how much choice they get to have in their date selections? Like did Brandon get to say, yeah, if I could do anything with Michelle, I'd love to skateboard. I'd love to do that. Or did they just ask him what his likes were? And they knew that skateboarding was one of them. And then they just said, this is the date you're going to be doing. I like to think they had four dates. And it was like a draft and he got the last one <laughs> and he was like, shit, I'm going to have to pretend I can skateboard. And he was like, kickflip. Okay. I think I can do that. You know, it's interesting because sometimes I get the impression that m- maybe they did ask the producers for something. And then there's other times where I really feel like it was just, well, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I like to imagine that they would have a little bit of say because I feel like without some of that, I do feel like that probably makes some of the relationship stuff a little harder, right? Oh, yeah. like if you were like, oh, this person did choose this date for me. And you notice that they thought about things that you all would enjoy. I think like that is an important thing in terms of like learning about each other. Yeah, I really don't know that I think, I think it happens sometimes or there's an element of it that maybe the person requested, but I think that oftentimes it feels like they just did something. I'd like to think at this point in the progress of the show and of their relationships, when you get down to the hometowns, that they're setting them up hopefully to 
to be doing things that either one or both of them have an interest in and Mm -hmm. acknowledge that interest, right? And said that, yeah, that'd be fun. We'd like to do that. or We'd like to try that. Um, I think about how different the pandemic has affected the dates or how different they are compared to when they used to do all these elaborate dates, right? And go to these exotic locations. And I honestly like the simpler stuff. I just think the pared down dates is just so much more realistic to what most people would do, you know, and that's truly how we get to know each other when we're in our element, so to speak, we're in our own town or we're with our people, you know, we're much more, I think, apt to be more vulnerable and be ourselves. So I thought a lot about that this year. Yeah. I like you it. know, I was thinking about it because like, I feel like when they would do the hometowns though, and they would fly to their hometowns. I do feel like they maybe had more involvement in the makeup of those dates. Cause like a lot of times they'd be like, Oh my, we're going to meet my friends at a bar you know, or something like that. We're like you, because you don't get that quite the same way in these. I wonder, I don't know. Yeah. Cause sometimes they would go to like their job if they had like you know, it was what they identified as kind of who they are. Um, so, or yeah. places that you know they frequented. Like, yeah. I mean, Joe really is the only one that gets to go to his yeah high school, right, in his hometown. Nobody else had that opportunity because no one else is from that area. Yeah. But. yeah. So they meet Brandon's family. They seem to get along. Thoughts on her meshing with the family? Any areas concern? I liked his family a lot. And I kind of liked how she interacted with his family. They talked, was this the one where they talked about fishing a lot? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I made a note of that. I, that was her conversation with his dad. Mm-hmm. And I thought that um, she kept asking is it, if her family, I think it was why right, if her family would, you know, her family, her dad likes to fish and her family, um, could she could see them hanging out together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, interesting. Um, that was really important to her. And she must've said that at least twice. That was actually one of the reasons why I felt like this episode was one that sort of changed who I think maybe are the front runners for her. Because when I heard her interact and maybe it's just what they showed again, but when I heard her interact with his family, I felt like she was interacting with his family in a way that maybe communicated that she was thinking about their family's long term in a way that I didn't necessarily. I definitely noticed the difference between because, you know, they follow up with Rodney mm-hmm. and I definitely could feel the shift there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to Rodney. Can I say one quick thing? You can say whatever. You don't even have to ask for permission, Lori. You just blurt it out. (laughs) I'm always observing the physical aspect because our nonverbals, as we all know, as faculty, say so much about how we really feel and what we're really thinking. And her and Brandon were just so cozy that whole time they were sitting talking to his family. I mean, I they were like intertwined with, you know, both arms and couldn't see their legs, but who knows? I mean, (laughs) and they, they were just so, so physically like connected, um, that, and it was reciprocal. I mean, I just, they both have a strong physical attraction to each other. 
So I just think that was, um, you know, so evidenced by their behavior with his family. Sometimes you see contestants that are a little bit more, um, they hold back a little bit more than how you saw them when they were on a date together. But then when they're with their families, they're a little bit more reserved, which, Mm -hmm. you know, that'd be normal introducing your family the first time you might be nervous or they might be nervous, but no, I don't think they were nervous. They were all about each other and super cozy on that couch. Yeah. (laughs) She's a good person to bring home to your family because I feel like she's socially, she's got it, you know, like she, you can tell that she understands like, how to have a conversation with somebody and how to have some give and take. And, um, you know, there's been other times where they brought people home and it's like, Oh, this isn't going to go well at all. <laughs> or you've experienced in your family, like your sister brings home a guy and it's like, I just don't like him at all. So there was an awesome tweet that was like, Michelle's in our zone with this. It's like p- parent teacher conferences. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. That's good. Uh, so Rodney's date is an apple orchard. What's up with him and apples? I, so apparently she had said something about like how she was, I think that she had said something about apple orchards or like she was Before never, the season, you mean? Yeah. Earlier in the season when she was talking about not going to prom, like being the last mm. person chosen for prom, she had also said like, I'm not the girl that like someone takes the apple orchard or something like, like that. Oh too. yeah. Like, she did actually, say that. Yeah. So like it was interesting to me because they made Joe's date. It was really clear right. that that yeah. was a response, but I think Rodney's was too. Plus they have this weird like food thing happening yeah. with the going on. That's why sometimes I'm like, is this just the producers that they're like, you all are going to be the people that just keep feeding each other food. Well, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, know. so I have a, so Danielle that, um, did she make that comment about the apple orchard thing? Was that like before the season started? Cause he, he came dressed as the apple, right? He had the apple costume on. Yeah. Okay. He's had like a long Maybe. going and then they had the thing where they tasted the apple. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm like, they're just sticking to that theme. Yeah. Okay. But she did say the thing about the apple orchard as well. Now that I had forgotten yes, she about did. it. And I agree with you. I feel like they really did not like bring that up. But with Joe, it was very like, look at him. He's so thoughtful. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. Danielle, I'm glad you reminded us of that. Yeah. Um, so any thoughts about the date? I think this is a great idea, by the way, if you're looking for a date for you and your partner, this is like the perfect amount of doing something, but also like getting to interact. I think anytime you have to learn a new skill or learn about something, it's a good way to build like, you know, intimacy with someone. Great date. Didn't work out well for Rodney. Spoiler alert. <laughs> great day. Great day. They just have a lot of fun together. Like, I just yeah. feel like they will, they could just be really great friends that would enjoy each other's company hanging out. I don't see the kind of, um, physical fireworks between them. I see it from Rodney, but I don't see it as reciprocating, being reciprocated on Michelle's end. Um, Anyway, he's just, you can't help but not love the guy. Yeah. He's just kind and he's thoughtful in how he talks. Um, I think he really likes her. I think he really likes her. I do too. I was impressed. I think that I grew to like Rodney even more. Um, in this segment, 
I felt like you also did feel how thoughtful and kind of considerate and that there is sort of an emotional intelligence to him that he's not just this kind of like goofy, funny guy. Like, I think that we got to see a more serious aside, serious side of him that I really appreciated. But I also didn't feel like I was like, oh, sorry, Rodney, this isn't going to go. And I really felt that when they got to his parents. Yeah. Oh, good segue. Yeah. Nice, Danielle. Yeah. So (laughs) in a year with those segues, he's a pro. Um, So she meets uh, Michelle meets his mom, um, who she says she's her and Rodney are, are basically like best friends. When we were watching, co-host Kim was at our house and she said that's a red flag when someone talks about their mom so much. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thought on that. Oh. Is like talking about your mom too much, too red flag? Like it. How old is he? Like 26 or 28, right? Around there. 26. Yeah. I think it's different talking about your mom as 29. 29. 29. Okay. Yeah. So to me, that seems a little more acceptable than if you're like 18 or 19 and your mom mm. is your best friend. Um, I only say that because my girls are 29 and 27, just turned 27, just turned 29. And um, I've, I've watched our relationship transition. I'm still their parent, but we have such a great friendship mm. and how that relationship, how our relationship has, has gone from parent-child to parent adult child but also that adult child has become we've become we're very close um in terms of um you know what they choose to disclose to me and um very private things as well as just advice and and often it's becoming a little bit more reciprocal i've decided as a as a parent that um i I trust a lot of what what things they tell me. And I always want them to be honest and open that I, it needs to be reciprocal as much as I feel comfortable with, right. Giving up that information as their mom, because it will always be their mom. So I maybe have a different perspective of this than other people, because my kids are about his age that um, I think that's a huge compliment to both of them, that they are so close. I, you know, sometimes you might hear other people say that and you're like, Oh, Hmm you know, maybe they don't really have a best friendship relationship they claim to have. It's more of a, I don't know, or something. Mama's boy. I hate to use that term, that stereotypical term, but it's that kind of relationship. I didn't, I didn't necessarily see that in the less than two minutes of time (laughs) that we viewed their interaction. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You can tell Carrie has some hesitations, right? Carrie was his mom's name, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And I do think, I think that sometimes if they're one, I think if they're really close, that's a sign that they have good relationship with their family. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing, but I do think that that probably means that their parents going to kind of come into this conversation being more protective. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that maybe means that how you go into that interaction maybe changes a bit. I think people don't understand that you really, you marry the person's family too. And that's, you know, so if if his mom is his best friend, then, you know, for better or worse, you're inserting yourself in a best friend relationship. So it's no different than if you 
married somebody and they had a best friend they were with all the time and then you got married you're gonna have to figure out how to negotiate that time um with them which is good and bad so if they have a kid it'd be nice to have a mom that wants to be involved and so i uh, think oh go ahead i was gonna say that i think his mom can tell that their relationship isn't like you're not on the same level i think that she could feel that I thought so too. Me too. Yep. And I thought her interactions with them were, were kind of guarded. Like I felt like you could tell that she was trying not to, which is probably kind on her part. Right. Not like telling them like, I'm in love with them. And, you know, she said a lot of, he's a really nice guy. You know, he makes me laugh more than anyone, but she wasn't like, and I'm falling for him or, you know, so. I I think um, Rodney's mom, asked Michelle some really great questions. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems like, again, maybe it's a pandemic thing and how much interaction we're getting with parents in hometowns. And in some cases, I think parents haven't always been able to come to wherever the show's being recorded. And it's been like a brother only or a sibling, you know, or something, but we haven't seen a lot of crazy parents. If you've been watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette for years, yeah. think of all the crazy parents we've seen. I still remember, I can't remember whose mom it was. Peter. That drank from that huge bottle of wine in her kitchen. And I mean, just weird, weird things like that. So I'm like, what's changed? Like what's happened on the, maybe it's on the producing end that they realized that they're going to yeah. take that down. I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like you I, need, I, you need one crazy parent like out of the the whole episode like that makes it fun you need one maybe, well yeah maybe, and it keeps maybe. the viewers watching right yeah. did we have maybe one maybe dad is a little bit of that you know yeah. like you know we can kind of get to him but um what was i gonna say there is uh i will come to me crazy parents peter i like had a thought <laughs> i lost it it's gone All right It'll, It'll come, come back. back. You'll you'll yell yeah. it as we're like midway through. Probably, probably. Rutabaga. Um. So so now Joe's up. Uh. He's from Minneapolis, so he gets a legit hometown, and they go to his high school. And there was some like debate among us about if you would take someone to your high. I would not. Not that I had a bad high school experience. I just have had so much more in my life. Even in college, like out of college, I can't imagine being like, I'm going to go to Newton Senior High School and show off. I don't know. What were your thoughts? I don't know if it's just. Danielle, they have a statue of you at your high school, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, Um, I just can't imagine in some ways. I think that the gesture, right, if it really was a gesture for her based on the poem that she shared, mm-hmm. like that's really sweet and that makes sense. I think that if you are in your mid to late 20s and you're still like prom matters to you, then like maybe you have some work to do. Right. Like, yeah, I guess like there's just like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, like, I don't know. I guess I don't care. I feel like I've moved past those moments in my life so much, you know, probably by my mid 20s that like, um, although sharing a place that was important to you, you know, I think if I brought someone to my hometown, 
there's not much in my hometown. So I'm probably like taking them to Casey's and to buy <laughs> like, them a breakfast pizza or a donut. Oh, pizza, I'm all about Casey's pizza and their donuts. And their donuts. I, I worked there in high school for a little while. Yeah. But yeah, so like, I guess there's not much for me to take them. So I probably drive them by my high school. That's what, so Christy's husband, Jorge said, I'd drive them by and point it out. And I was like, yeah, I probably would, but I don't, I can't think of. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I don't necessarily think that was probably Joe's choice. I think it was a mm. producer picked thing because they wanted to capitalize on the, she was always, she was picked last for prom. I think uh, they just took that one theme and wanted to run with it, just like they did with the whole Apple thing with Rodney. Um, I always think that sometimes these dates are, um, you know, they want they want a theme to them. And then maybe the contestant gets some say in them, like we mentioned earlier, and it has to be something they're at least comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe was a super huge athlete, right? And very, yeah kind of like he was very successful in high school. So of course he'd be comfortable, right? Cause he's proud of that. So if they've got this prom theme going and now he gets to give her a little tour of the library and, or the school, then he walks past the library and he said, I never dated anybody. I never had a chance to do this. And he picks her up and puts her on the, like the, I don't know, count, whatever that thing was. Railing or something. Led. Yeah, the railing. I was like, oh, geez. Really? Here's what I want to know. Where is the person that every high school has whose sole job is to run around and blow a whistle and tell them to quit making out? Because, you know, everybody, ours's name was Trish. She has Trish's beauty basement in our hometown, still cuts hair, and she had a whistle. And her job was to make sure you got out of the lunchroom on time, you didn't make out, and you got on the bus and you didn't wait around. And I, they paid her for it. And I guarantee every high school has that person. I wish that person would have came in and been like, put the hanky panky. <laughs> I, I do want to say I like the photo booth scene because I felt like we got a lot of Joe's personality in that. And most of the time he's pretty quiet mm-hmm. and kind of reserved, which actually I kind of appreciate. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. So he, he did prom. Uh, I think we covered that. Then we meet his parents, brother and his sister-in-law. And as far as sister-in-laws go, she's one of my favorite, obviously behind Aunt B, uh, who is oh, yeah. my fa- yeah, favorite. Yep. Um, <laughs> so she starts sharing during the family. Basically, she says the men don't talk. Joe and his dad sit down and they don't really talk. Um, yes, but he did say one thing to Joe. Do you remember what he said? Oh, what did he, he say? He said, I put this in my notes, in quotes, you got to express yourself to her. Yeah, he did. And then they yep. sat there. That was a part yep. of it. And there was like. So then I'm like, who told him to say that? <laughs> and then there was this loud clicking. <laughs> you know what else I thought was really interesting about with their family was when Michelle sat down with his mom, she was, he, Michelle was talking about. Joe's injuries mm-hmm. and you could tell that his mom was like oh he just shared stuff with you that like he hasn't really shared yeah. I know that yeah. hard time and I think that one that kind of tells you a lot about um one maybe the the vulnerability that Joe's willing to have with Michelle and um the seriousness of their relationship mm-hmm. 
I think it's interesting how men sometimes get a pass with being not very verbal. Like, I feel like, like that would be, it's almost like a, well, it's a nice thing. They're strong and silent, but I feel like not being a good communicator is going to be an issue in a marriage in a relationship. I don't know that I think that he's not a good communicator. Oh, are we I think arguing, that, Danielle? Yeah, Let's yeah. I think, that, I think that Nate maybe isn't a great communicator. Okay. I think that Joe's maybe introverted. Okay. And I don't think that it's, you know, like, I don't think that as someone who is more extroverted. No. Um, I sometimes, well, actually, I I think that I am like a more extroverted introvert. I really need a lot of alone time. People, I get wear, worn out by people. Um, but I, um, I really do, I kind of sensitive to ways that we expect people to express themselves in particular ways. And so I think that I'm fine with Joe as long as he's, you know, as long as he is communicating. Um, But like, I don't know that I have the expectation for him or for a woman, you know, like to always be more outgoing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. You've I think me, that you've um, over. I wasn't, I, I had always liked Joe. I thought he was okay, but um, I couldn't get a read on him until they had the one-on-one and he talked about his injury and he broke down. And that's, to me, that was a turning point in their relationship and also a turning point for me and how I felt about him because um, he was, he made himself very vulnerable. I think his emotions um, were very sincere and, and um, authentic. And I think that she, I think she was, I think maybe it was a turning point for her too. Like I would always love after, if she ends up with him, I would love to ask them about just the relationship development. Cause it's so abnormal in many ways, right? In just terms of real life relationships. Mm -hmm. And they're doing all of this with cameras in front of them and big spotlights and maybe a plate of food that they'd love to eat, but they can't. can't And and maybe it's fake food. I don't know. (laughs) But I, I just think that, that Joe is a quiet, I think he's a quiet guy. Um, And I don't know. I just, I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I want to know more about him because up until the turning point when he like broke down at their one-on-one, I wasn't sure how interested he was in her. I thought she was really interested in him, but I wasn't sure if it was reciprocal. Um, And then I I kind of felt like that one-on-one date was, you know, that was sort of a big move. Mm -hmm. And plus their chemistry is, is good. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, the, I like, I like the date. I loved Hannah, the sister-in-law go Hannah. Yeah. Uh, I did I think it was funny. Lead. <laughs> I don't, I don't think her uh, husband said Joe's brother said one word. <laughs> you know, there's been some, you know, one of the things that I was, what I was trying to think of earlier is there's been a lot of talk um, on the internet, social media about like, what is the chance that all four of the contestants have parents of, you know, with a Mm -hmm. father who is a person of color and a white mother. 
Yep. And, and then, a redheaded white mother. Like, and they were like joking about the mothers. Yeah. They like, yes, that they all had the same haircut. <laughs> but I mean, and I did think like that was interesting. And then um, there was some conversation because I really liked Hannah too, um, which is my guess as to part of the reason that she got as much screen time as she did. But a lot of people were kind of talking about how interesting they thought that it was that she got as much screen time as she did and that she's like the sister-in-law, you know, like mm-hmm. we're like, that's not normally the person that you would. And um, I don't know. I've just been kind of like thinking about that. And, you know, there's been, you know, some questions about like casting and colorism and like, what does it sort of mean that, you know, you do cast people of color, but um you know, they're all pretty light skinned folks. Um, and so, um, and, you know, but then, you know, Michelle's family makeup is really similar and like, it would make sense that maybe you would find comfort in families that are very similar to your own. And so it's, there's been some really, I think, interesting conversations, you know, and I don't know that we have necessarily, you can ask questions. I don't know that you have the answers to, but I just have been kind of intrigued by some of those conversations. I wondered with the lack of verbosity of the men in that family, if that's why the sister-in-law got the time. Like, I wonder if they were like asking questions, they were giving like the one word, like, yep, nope. And they're like, okay, (laughs) Hannah, let's go. Like, well, she was great. Like, you know, she really was great. Yep. I was going to say the same bill. I just thought if, if, you know, dad was really quiet and brother was really quiet, maybe they didn't, have you know i mean they were just going what they had working with what they had right yeah yeah um you know you're talking about um danielle what you brought up are you both familiar with matching hypothesis theory tell us about it teach us (laughs) extra credit um so well it's really not a theory it's a hypothesis so you can decide if you want to buy into it or not but the matching hypothesis really comes out of psychology and it states that we tend to be attracted to other people who we perceive have the same level of physical attractiveness as we see in ourselves. So it's not necessarily that we're looking at, oh, you have brown eyes, I have brown eyes too. It's not that, it's it's the level of attractiveness. So that's the one thing I always pay attention to on this show, no matter matter, um, physical traits, characteristics, um, ethnicity, skin color, is that usually everybody's really good looking right? And then I always look at the parents um, because that tends to be, it tends to hold true most of the time Mm -hmm. that um, you can look at other people's parents and, you know, decide is, do you think one of those parents is more, is much more better looking than the other? Because think about it as a culture, we are naturally gauging people as we observe them, right? Or if you want to use the word judging, instead of gauging, you can, but we are. And if you see a couple, think about celebrities that you know of, or you see in which you have a really great looking celebrity that's dating one that's obviously maybe out of their league. It's, you're like, why are they together, right? (laughs) And so um, matching hypothesis just tends to prove true over and over and over again on this show. And I think part of it's probably because of um, who they decide to cast um, and who who they think might be most attractive to the the bachelor or the bachelorette, to the star. 
Um, and so I love it when we get to hometowns and we get to see siblings, uh, sibling spouses if they have one or the parents and their spouses if they have one. And most of the time it continues to hold true. So yeah, anyway, just a little interesting tidbit there. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Yeah, I like it. Um, so Nate's last date. Nate's from Canada, uh, but he wants to be cool. So he says he's from Austin. I don't know if that's true. I made that up. But uh, his date is paddleboarding because we don't have that in the flyover states, specifically Minnesota with all the lakes. No one ever thought about paddleboarding. <laughs> I just thought it was very odd that he's like, and here's Austin paddleboarding. It's like, you know, they call it the land of 10,000 lakes for a reason. Like, <laughs> I just felt like they were like, yeah, we're going to have them like, yeah, half naked together again. Yeah. Which, hey, I'm here for it. They both look great. If I look <laughs> like them, I'd be half naked all the time, too. Um, so thoughts on the date? <laughs> they got chemistry. Yeah. That's all I can say. I didn't feel like there was anything that happened that was like. And it's like two really good looking people sitting on one paddle board, which is not as easy as they made it look, by the way. Yeah. Because Elaine and I have tried it on our paddle boards. We also have our dogs on ours sometimes and they knock us off constantly. So, yeah, I my husband at one point said he looked up from he was on his iPad. He's like, wait, when did they go from two to one paddle boards? He's like, how would that happen? He said, I can't even stand up on one paddle board. <laughs> Um, Michelle's quote that I wrote down, which stuck with me was, she said, I have instant kinetic energy with him. Mm. So I thought they've had strong physical attraction from the get-go. Um, I agree. I'm already asking myself, how am I going to feel about it if she ends up with him? See, I think that that's what's going to happen. Like, yeah. I think that there are some red flags with Nate. She so, ignores them. I think she's going to continue to ignore them. And it's going to be like a Hannah Brown situation or something like that, where you're like, no, no, no. Like, how do you pick Jed over Tyler Cameron? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like, so we even, they even go, I mean, we can probably just move straight into this. Like his dad um, and his mom both were kind of like, I don't think he's ready for this. You know, yeah. I think his dad said, I don't think he's ready for this or something to that effect. And the mom said, you know, are you going to are you going to like her the same when you're out of the bubble? Um, and so I think even they are voicing some of those red flags. Um, well, didn't they say that he's never been in a serious relationship before? And he's and then he admitted to the fact that he'd never fallen in love before. Right. Yeah, he did. And she recognizes it and is concerned about some of those things. And yet, like, I don't know that I think, I mean, I, I think that she's going to hold that information tight, but I just don't know if that will be enough. Cause like hormones are real folks. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're still in the early stages. I mean, yeah. they're and they're in the experimenting stage or still learning about each other. And at that point in time, if you have strong physical attraction to the other person, you're, you're going to overlook some of those things that you either observe about them or that they tell you because that physical attraction always wins out. But we know over time that that doesn't sustain itself. That's not enough to sustain a relationship, which is why I think most of the time these relationships don't 
you know, end up flourishing is because they start to spend more time and they learn more things about them and realize, oh, we really don't, we really don't have that much in common at all. <laughs> or you're not who I thought you were on yeah. this, you know, how many, yeah, how many weeks this show? <laughs> like six weeks and they probably get what, like 20 some hours with the person if they're lucky. And it's like, yeah, you just, they're lucky. Yeah. You can't learn a lot about, so, and that's not like one-on-one time. That's like, total group dates, everything. And yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's easy to also, um, you know, when we look at the research around like online dating, we have this phenomenon right now where people will match with someone and they message them back and forth, um, instead of going on a date. And so they build up this image of what the person is in their head. And then whenever, when they end up on a date, it's very not what they expected. Um, and so their, their expectations are kind of shattered. And I wonder if sometimes with the way this is set up, where you go on this date, you have this great date, you know, food's catered in, you bungee jump or whatever they do. And then you don't see them for two days. You like build up this fantasy of who they are and you build it up over the course of the time. And then you spend a bunch of time with them and it's like, oh, they chew with their mouth open <laughs> or, you know, they're a raging conservative or they're a raging liver, you know, whatever is not a good, they're a raging liberal or they don't put the seat down or whatever your thing is that flips you out. You know, um, they interrupt me when I talk all of those things. It's like, you really could hide all of those in the 20 hours that you got to see them. Um, and you could build up this like pristine thing in your mind of who they are. So I think of the four dates that she has probably the strongest physical attraction or connection with Nate. And that's why my fear is that she maybe headed in that direction of ending up with him. But you know what my favorite part of the whole date was? When Nate and his stepdad, like, yeah. Yes, when they told each other they loved each other, which they had never done before. And just, I thought, first of all, it was so cool that he, even though his parents had divorced, I think he said like a year and a half ago, they came back together to be together to support him in meeting Michelle. And then the two of them in what they were disclosing and seeing Nate get so emotional about it. And then even in his interview after the date, um, still so emotional. I was like, if nothing else comes from this, at least he and his dad had this amazing moment together where they expressed how they felt about each other. And I just love that. It was a really sweet moment. And I think that one of the things that I've appreciated is that we've gotten to see kind of more of those moments of, and it's interesting research um, on men and expressing emotions and actually even like parenting and relationships with their children does show that, you know, there's kind of a cultural shift happening um, where, you know, there is more space for men to um, express their emotions, that um, dads are having more active roles and emotional sort of caretaking roles and it, with their children than we've seen in the past. Um, and I think that we're feeling that reflected in the show. Um, it was an amazing moment, I thought, but I also felt like while I thought that it was an amazing moment to get to observe, I felt like, Ooh, this would be a real red flag to me if I were Michelle. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is you all's first time ever. Yeah. You know, like, What kind of family do, does she want 
and how does she want them to talk with each other? And that just seems so different than how her family and what we've seen of them so far and how, what their communication patterns are. I thought that would be a red flag. I say that because my husband and his dad loved each other, had a good relationship, but he and his, his he and his dad never expressed themselves like that to each other. And then his dad died prematurely. I mean, young from cancer. And um, we've always, we've talked about, you know, all the what ifs, right? If he hadn't died when he was 67, what their relationship would be like now. And so I just, I think that until you spend time around people observing the type of relationship that you, that they have, right? Their, their daily or weekly interactions or how they spend their time together, that um, I've learned that you can't judge the quality or the type of relationship that someone has, even if they never express these, you know, these kinds of emotions to one another. Um, I used to always be much more critical of that because I come from a family that loves each other and hugs each other. And we're super open and we're very, um, we're very expressive (laughs) and my husband's family is not. Um, and yet I've never doubted how they feel about me. And I did in the early stages, but over time that, you know, it became clear to me that they loved me and how they treated me and talked with me and all of that stuff. But, um, but compared to Michelle's parents, right. And her relationship with her parents, I'm sure she should probably pay attention to that. And, and what does she want, right? What does she want from her in-laws family? What kind of relationship does she want with them? What can be expected? What can she expect from them? I think that for me, it's that I'm not sure that I've seen enough of Nate doing yeah. the expression, right? Because I mean, I've kind of the same way, like my husband's um, dad is very stoic and, um, but like Ryan is not, you know, um, and especially the relationship between Ryan and our kids, like he's very expressive um, with um, our children. So like, I don't know that I think that that's necessarily a sign but I also don't know that I've seen Nate. He, he yeah, connects I agree with her, with that. but I don't know that he connects with her in the same yeah. verbal way. I That's agree, Danielle. So uh, then Michelle's having a hard time after the information that Charles kind of gave her and, and, and with the family. So they bring Brie and Serena on for three minutes and I have no idea what the point of them was. And then we have a rose ceremony um and Rodney goes home I'm not sure I was surprised what about you all I wasn't surprised but I was sad well I look forward to him in Bachelor in Paradise he's going to be yeah I thought that he probably more than likely would go home it was sort of hard to tell but um their goodbye was so sad it was so I was so sad for him I think that's why because when she made the comment to him about um, you're enough for me, <laughs> I think my husband said, well, really not. You're yeah. really not enough for me because you're going home. Goodbye. We'll see you in paradise this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never, I mean, there's no real good way to break up, but I just, it drives me nuts when people are like, you're enough for me. And I just, I don't know. And he's like, we're not working out. Like you're a nice yeah. person, but yeah, I don't know. I know we all want to like make people feel good. And, but I think in the end, we all just need to agree. Breakups suck and <laughs> you got to move through the grief. 
I always wonder what I would actually say if, if I was in that situation and had cameras on me all the time, because it's so easy to be a critic. Right. But I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would, I could never be on that show because well, and you wouldn't flying out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, and there's, I'm sure there's a part of you that wants to paint yourself in a good light. You don't want to like just destroy someone's heart there, you know? So you're trying your best to let them down gently. Uh, so in a total non-surprise, Clayton's announced as the bachelor because we need more vanilla in our life. Um, <laughs> lessons learned. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, dead air time. So, I know I'm trying to think about my big I think, takeaway. Here's mine. <laughs> I just thought of it right now. It's really not a lesson learned, but Bill, this kind of um, affirms a comment you made earlier that, you know, doing activities that are either new to both of you or that are like fun or introducing your dating partner to a new activity is such a great way to get to know each other. Um, And I, Eric and I have been married. I told you, I think earlier for a long time, 31 years, and we are always trying to find something new that neither one of us have done or one of us has done and the other hasn't. Cause I really think that it keeps a relationship, um, from being too dull or boring or, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I think that's probably, it was fun watching Rodney and Michelle at the apple orchard. I love that. I wish we would have seen more of Michelle learning how to skateboard. Um, so that, that'd be my lesson. Mine would be tell the people you love, you love them. Oh, that's a good that's great. Yep. yep. Make gonna... it awkward. Make it awkward. <laughs> Make it awkward. I feel like I we've talked a lot about Jenny Connolly, but that's one of the things I appreciate most about Jenny is like you you always know she likes you. Agreed. Yep. Love it. I'm gonna Bill, I like yours. I'm gonna let oh. you leave it with that. Okay. It's so joyful, which is why you watch The Bachelor. That is, yes. I don't have a dark, dark. <laughs> dark soul um moment you've all been waiting for the custom tie-dye winner is mary elizabeth 11 i have no idea who mary elizabeth 11 is uh please send us an email at batchadamia at gmail.com and we will put you in touch with sue and she will ship you a custom tie-dye shirt thank you for reviewing Lori. <laughs> thanks so much for being on here you get a shout out shout outs words of wisdom how should we end the show today Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be invited. Um, you two are awesome. Um, You're uh, awesome. <laughs> well, I was probably too chatty, but um, I have some strong feelings about this show, as you can tell in some <laughs> regards. I'd probably say a shout out to my oldest daughter, Olivia, for um, for introducing me to the Bachelor Bachelorette, Bachelorette, who I just talked to before I came on to your episode today. She wished me a lot of luck. And to my husband, Eric, for um, hanging in there. Oh my gosh, for every Monday or every Tuesday night for how many years, just sucking it up, but sitting by my side every single time. He loves Um, it. The (laughs) men who passively watch it, they love it and they know it. I will also tell you that both my daughters, I think I mentioned this earlier, are married and now their spouses, all everybody's on board. And especially with Paradise, my son-in-law, Sam, he is all about it. These are two super smart guys who I just um, admire and love in so many ways. And they, yep, it's good family, good family fodder. (laughs) 
You bet, Bachelorette, bringing family and friends together since 2001. What a way to what a way to end the show. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Doctors Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at bachadamia. Thanks for listening.